Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. You know something is wrong. You can see it all around you. You're wondering how things got to this point. Good is called evil and evil is called good. You want to truly know why we got to the brink of the abyss? Can't just be told. You must see it for yourself. I'm Scipio Eruditus, and this is Dispatches from Reality. Hello, hello, my dispatchers, my listeners. I am your author, your narrator, your host, Scipio Eruditus, and we are continuing my essay, my short series, Black Ops and Black Magic today, finishing that up with part two here, uh, really the crescendo of what the mystery religion has been building towards uh, these millennia. And so, this is just a, again, one of those topics that is crucial, crucial to understanding truly the forces uh, that we are arrayed against the true nature of our rulers. It is is very hard to argue, for me at least, that there are, that there is not a spiritual aspect to this agenda, right? And I know for a lot of folks who are not inclined to that uh, mindset, what we have been talking about, what we are discussing, it seems far-fetched. It seems outlandish. I mean, absolutely. The idea of remote viewing of these kinds of, I mean, truly what are just supernatural powers, demonstrably shown in scientific and clinical settings with, I mean, Truly, God only knows the amount of money that has been spent on these sorts of endeavors. And so, as always, like, subscribe. If you are not subscribed to Dispatches from Reality, the Substack, if you're only an audio listener, you're really, you're missing out in a major way, right? Uh, The images, the videos that are embedded, the links that are embedded, uh, truly just a wealth of information and uh, other essays. that you can explore to you know, further in depth and search out some of these matters for yourself. And so, yeah, if you like what we're doing here, consider dropping us a five-star review. Please and thank you. Tell all your friends and family about it. That's how we grow. That is uh, how the message is spread. And likewise, um, I am releasing my first book here in a couple of weeks. And you can go to the firmamentalpodcast.com to get those pre-orders in and get that ready. And I know for the first 100 uh, purchasers of the book, you guys will be getting a signed copy of it. So it's uh, definitely something you want to hop on now as those slots are quickly filling up. Now, we're going to just jump right into the further research section here uh, because I think it's going to spur some very uh, important conversations, uh, some topics that uh, I have really, uh, you know, not quite avoided, right? But we have tangentially addressed some of these topics. And, uh, you know, today's, uh, some of today's documents will be a good, uh, a good way to explore some of those issues further. So I'm really starting off right off the bat, Mind War by Lieutenant Michael Aquino, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, excuse me. And now Michael Aquino is just one of these characters <laughs> that is really just speaks to the truly dark and depraved nature of the American government. 
Uh, this is a man, uh, quite an interesting history, honestly. And when you look at the proliferation of psychological warfare officers in satanic cults, right? Michael Aquino, the founder of the Temple of Set, uh, very closely connected to the uh, original Church of Satan founder, Anton LaVey, uh, which, you know, that man has his own ties to the U.S. government, naturally. Uh, likewise with Lucian Greaves, the current head of the Church of Satan. Uh, these people are just up to their eyeballs in military intelligence ties, right? And I, as we are exploring in this series, that's not an accident, right? It's not an accident that all the psychological warfare officers just so happen to have a very deep infatuation with Satanism, right? And now they can claim, oh, well, you know, it's just a goof, it's just a transgressive, you know, we're just, uh, it's all... You're just taking it too seriously, right? We don't actually worship Satan. You know, these are the claims that are made, right? Ridiculous claims. Because even from the Church of Satan's own website, at one point, now they've scrubbed all this stuff, right? But you can go back in the way machine, or the way back machine, and you can see all this stuff. And they absolutely used to deify Satan and actually promoted the worship of Satan. So this idea, right, that this is just like a secular, this is just an, an atheist uh, way of getting under fundamentalists or Christian skin, not per their own, not per their own website and their own doctrines beforehand. I mean, tons and tons of ties in between these people, right? And Michael Aquino is at the heart of, at the heart of what has been called the satanic panic. That is, of course, a blackwashing, an intentional, uh, you know, it's a poisoning the well of what went on here. Now, Michael Aquino, the Presidio uh, sex abuse scandal involving children at uh, multiple military daycare centers, and Michael Aquino was at the center of this scandal and managed to get off scot-free, right? A, a topic for another day, uh, a, you know, a topic for another essay, one that I intend to explore quite fully and quite in depth, right? Because the idea that the satanic panic is just some kind of farce, or that these children all made this up. The False Memory Syndrome Foundation has ties to the same government entities that we have been discussing quite in depth now on this publication. It is quite clearly brought forth here to remove the narrative and to put these children's very, very uh, uniform testimonies, right? Very, very uniform testimonies. These children weren't communicating with each other, and they're all telling the same story. And it's not just children in America that will talk about these kinds of things, right? We have, there's a host of literature on the subject. Um, yeah, actually, let me pull up some, some of these books for those who are interested in the, you know, kind of a, uh, a scholarly look, actually, at satanic ritual abuse. Uh, because it's a very real phenomenon, and uh, I know it's a dark subject, and it's one I'm not looking forward to addressing, but it's one we must address, because what is being done to the children of this world is... Abortion is not the only great evil that America has perpetrated against our children, and as we are seeing more and more with the invasion going on at the southern border, it's not just our children anymore, right? I mean, America is the number one importer of sex slaves in the world. We, uh, it's, we are in for a rude awakening. We are in for a rude awakening. And uh, the longer these kinds of evils persist, the more and more rude that awakening will be. And yeah, some of the, uh, you know, some of the topics, some of the books rather, you know, if, uh, if the listeners are interested in the subject, uh, I have, so Children for the Devil, by Tim Tate, a uh, very good scholarly look at this, and uh, has a lot of the drawings of the children. One of the, the interesting things about this book is it has a lot of the drawings of the children, and you'll see I mean, so many sim I mean, They're all drawing the same, the same scenes. Shocking, shocking level of similarities. There is any critical observer that's just not a total shill for the government or Satanism has to admit that these children are describing something that is a very real and not just a figment of their imagination. 
It's, I mean, it's just, yeah, the idea, the idea that the satanic panic was just a bunch of hyperactive, hyperventilating evangelicals looking for demons under, you know, in every little D&D book, <laughs> man, we're, it's so beyond that. It's been turned into that, right? It's been satirized. Right, is looking oh, playing the songs in reverse, you know, and they have hidden messages and whatnot. See, there are a lot of hidden messages in these kinds of media, in these kinds of songs, movies, what have you. Right, it's much more subtle and much more pernicious than the you know backwards recording nonsense. And again, what culturally they have used that right to shame people as a bludgeon, but really what the satanic panic was about and why they had to satirize it in that fashion is that it was not about the the cultural aspect of it. It was about the continual sex abuse scandals that plagued America during the 80s and frankly continue to plague us, but we have just turned a blind eye to it. And so, yeah, some uh, other good books on the subject, uh, Ritual Abuse and Mind Control by Epstein, Schwartz, and Schwartz. And then Cult and Ritual Abuse um, by uh, James Randall Nobility and Pamela Pleskin Nobility. Uh, two, again, scholarly looks at cult abuse, ritual abuse. This is a very real phenomenon. And the idea that people are just doing this for, of course, some of this is for attention. Some of this is just really mentally disturbed people, honestly, right? But if even 1% of these stories are true, we have a very serious problem on our hand, and I believe that a much higher percentage of those stories are, in fact, legitimate. And, uh, you know, another, actually, to cover that up, uh, this topic, uh, the Franklin cover-up, Child Abuse, Satanism, and Murder in Nebraska by John uh, W. DeCamp. Excellent book at one of the more famous, uh, you know, ritual abuse scandals during the 80s, the um, the Franklin cover-up. and. Again, that Franklin cover-up ties us, ties directly to the Reagan White House, which has their own sex abuse scandals, their own uh, gay callboy scandal. Yeah, of course, Reagan and Bush, they had no idea what was going on in their own White House. You know, perish the thought. Again, this, I mean, this topic I could go on and on and on about. It's a topic I'm, I've been studying for a long time, and it's the one that really, really got me in-depth studying these topics from a scholarly like because the uh, the amount of literature that's out there is just it's a very very well documented very very well documented phenomenon unfortunately uh, next up here we have mk ultra institutional notifications uh, by unknown this is one of the government documents talking about all the various government institutions which we you know, will go over in the article itself a laundry list of some of the most esteemed institutions in America, Harvard, Columbia, Princeton, MIT, <laughs> J.P. Morgan, the Veterans Administrations, Children's Hospitals, you name it. All right? All there. Next up, we have the Nervous System Manipulation by Electromagnetic Fields from Monitors, a patent by Dr. Hendrickus G. Luce. Now, I touch on him more in the essays. I won't belabor it here, but uh, the man's got a lot of very, very fascinating patents. And of course, people have, uh, you know, patents not proof. I understand that. Uh, but there's a lot of science and scientific literature that backs up the patents, which we'll discuss in the essay. And for our books related to this topic, we have The Search for the Manchurian Candidate, The CIA and Mind Control by John Marks which kind of dovetails here with the CIA doctors, human rights violations by American psychiatrists by Colin A. Ross, MD. And so both of these books, uh, so obviously the Manchurian Canada book, more so focusing on the mind control, but the CIA doctors also talks about so much of the medical abuse that happened during this program and during MKUltra. And again, no one was held accountable for any of this, right? I mean, the there was a lot of salacious stuff from the church committee. I don't know, yeah. If you've never watched the the actual hearings, I encourage you to to go back and watch some of them. But no, no, watching it right that none of the people, none of the things that are discussed in these committees, no one's ever held accountable. No one ever goes to jail. No one's ever punished. I mean, Doctor Gottlieb, despite terrorizing Americans for twenty plus years and engaging with Satanists and witches and mass poisonings and Mass radiological and biological 
warfare campaigns against the human populace of America, the world, walks off totally scot-free. And so this is, this is what we like to call in the game here, right? A limited hangout. It is the quintessential definition, you know, the church committee, is that they will give you really, really salacious information, right? And then you are so preoccupied with these new, you know, these new revelations that the actual heart of the matter or the consequences for that matter, well, that always happens to slip under the rug now, doesn't it? Next up here, we have Chaos, Charles Manson, The CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s by Tom O'Neill. I can't recommend this book highly enough. Uh, One of the best books I've read about the very tumultuous time of the 60s. And if you are wondering when this really fully metastasized, when was the point of no return, culturally speaking, for us? The 60s are really... I mean, frankly, there's so many different there's so many different uh, points that we could draw back and look. I know we're, yeah, everyone's got their own their own little one, but I, at least for me, I, it's the sixty was really the point of no return. That's when you you hit the event horizon here, and there's just we have been sucked into this whirlpool of uh, death, debauchery, and destruction on a a heretofore unseen scale, right? And that's for me personally. Not that the, we hadn't seen these kinds of things before. Uh, you know, obviously, World War II is a great example of it. But Vietnam and the Forever War, I mean, so many horrific, horrific precedents set in the 60s, courtesy of our central intelligence agencies and the rest of the, you know, spookocracy. Then we have Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars by Unknown. I've talked about this uh, document before, so I won't belabor it here. But if you haven't read it, this is required reading. You know, my, I might just do a an audio version of it, right? Just uh, do a narrated version for one of these episodes here pretty soon because it's it's that important. Honestly, uh, it is, it lays out just in stunning stunning detail the systemization of mass manipulation and societal control. And we can see it playing out on a daily basis. And then we have our last book here. We have Project MK Ultra and Mind Control Technology, a compilation of patents and reports by Alex Balthazar. So no commentary. It's exactly what it is. It's a, just a compilation of patents and reports. But it has a ton of this technology. Very, very... I mean, again, right? Not something... That just yesterday, the government woke up and they're like, hmm, you know what, we should use electromagnetic waves to uh, change people's emotional states, right? Like, they didn't just come to this conclusion yesterday. They've been studying this for decades. And we have plenty of science, plenty of studies, research to back that up. And then lastly here, we have a pair of important videos. So, I end off the essay with, Will the Future Be Human? A very famous speech by Yuval Noah Harari, where he lays out uh, really what we have been talking about on this publication for a very long time now, is that the goal is transhumanism. The goal is the merger of mankind and machine, and that is going to happen against our will. And as he talks about, those who do not get with the program, as it were, right, they will become, no longer will it be a dichotomy between classes, the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots. It'll be a dichotomy between species, between the humans and the transhumans. And then our final video up here, a excellent documentary uh, touching on a lot of these subjects and going further into depth into more of the CIA experiments on things like remote viewing, brain synchronization, and whatnot. So, uh, the CIA full report on brain synchronization, energy manifestation, and the holographic universe by video advice. Uh, a nice hour-long documentary, something you pop down watching a night there. But uh, yeah, very, very, very uh, in-depth and well-done presentation of of the reality of these experiments and how infatuated and fascinated uh, not just the American government, but really you know the governments of the world have been with some of these technologies, and some of these tools. And so without further ado, 
I will be narrating my March 13th, 2023 essay, Black Ops and Black Magic, Part 2. Quote, In this war, which was total in every sense of the word, we have seen many great changes in military science. It seems to me that not the least of these was the development of psychological warfare as a specific and effective weapon. Without a doubt, psychological warfare has proven its right to a place of dignity in our military arsenal. President Dwight D. Eisenhower, Council on Foreign Relations member. End quote. The full extent of the psychological warfare that the U.S. government and its handlers have been covertly waging on the world for nearly a century is a frightening yet essential prospect to come to terms with. Free will, agency, these ideas strike at the very core of what makes us human. It is a sobering idea to consider that our thoughts and tastes have been carefully molded by men intent upon turning us into the perfect slave class. For generations now, the American homeland has been the target and testing ground of a concentrated assault upon the human mind, an occultic assault upon the very essence of what makes us free. On a now hourly basis, we are engaged in mental and spiritual combat that we can scarcely even comprehend. The most dangerous battlefield is the one you don't realize you are on. Despite the monstrous abuses and evils we have suffered, all these affronts are taken in stride by an emasculated populace. Despite owning somewhere over a trillion guns, the American citizenry has continually acquiesced to new and more depraved trespasses upon our common decency. Allowing children to mutilate and chemically castrate themselves is such a radically ostentatious form of evil. And yet, our nation sits idly by as its children are soul-raped in public schools they pay for. Grown men dancing in thongs for toddlers and infants, mimicking sex acts, and engaging in unspeakable horrors. Throwing children into the fires of Moloch made more sense than this utterly depraved insanity. It is hard to even put into words the levels of evil that our American society has unleashed upon the world, from the bioweapons disguised as vaccines, quote-unquote, to this pedo-acceptance movement. How could this have happened? This level of apathy and acceptance of the most horrific abuses one can imagine cannot be explained in any rational manner. It is only after decades of tireless subversion and brainwashing that we could arrive at this state. It is only by becoming slaves to comfort and leisure that we could fall this low. It is only by abandoning truth that we could fall for lies. The deeper we dive into these subjects, the more Ephesians 6.12 echoes in my thoughts. Truly, we do not struggle with flesh and blood alone. There are unseen forces at work in this country and this world. The pervasive darkness and evil that clouds this planet is now palpable, becoming painfully real in 2020 and beyond. Let us not fool ourselves and feign surprise at this outcome. Our enemies have worked exceedingly hard this last century to cultivate that rot. In my previous article in this series, we discussed the long history of the search for mind control by the Misery religion. We will dig deeper into that subject today, as it is a topic that has deadly serious consequences upon our society and families. It is also a subject that has played a huge role in modern warfare, both here, at home, and abroad. Projects like MKUltra were not an aberration, but a key facet of 20th century American policy. Pictured as CIA Deputy Director Richard Helms and CIA Director Alan Dulles in 1961, courtesy of the National Archives. On April 13, 1953, Deputy Director Richard Helms wrote Director Dulles for permission to further conceal their 
clandestine program dubbed MKUltra. The project was the continuation of covert biological and chemical warfare programs that had started as far back as 1944 under Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Due to the highly immoral and unethical experiments being run, Helms wanted, quote, as few individuals within the CIA aware of our interest in these fields and of the identity of those who are working for us, end quote. Dr. Gottlieb was recommended by Helms to head the project in order to further, quote, develop a capability in the covert use of biological and chemical materials. From the April 3, 1953 Helms Memo. This research was focused on how to both extract information or compliance from a subject, as well as how to prevent that same attack upon their own agents. These devilish men aim to control human behavior through psychedelic and hallucinogenic drugs, electroshock treatments, radiation, and intense psychological conditioning. Throughout the 20th century, the regime has conducted many such barbaric and monstrous experiments upon its citizenry. The Tuskegee syphilis experiments have been well documented within mainstream informational sources in recent years. That is just one of a coterie of similar unethical biological experiments performed on America's citizens. Operation Sea Spray was one of hundreds of programs where the U.S. military unleashed allegedly harmless, quote-unquote, bacteria and pathogens on its citizens. The U.S. Navy claims it had to conduct chemical warfare against the citizens of San Francisco in order to learn how to best protect the citizens of San Francisco from chemical warfare. Dozens were killed as a result of complications from infections in the aftermath of this attack. Between 1949 and 1969, open-air tests of biological and chemical agents were conducted at least 239 times on U.S. soil. Thousands of radiation experiments involving live human subjects have been conducted by these same perpetrators, many of them against unwitting or unwilling participants. These experiments included, but are not limited to, injecting pregnant women with radioactive particles, putting radium rods into the noses of schoolchildren, feeding radioactive food to mentally disabled children, deliberately spraying radioactive particles over U.S. and Canadian cities, deliberately putting soldiers in harm's way of nuclear bombs to test the effects, and irradiating the testicles of inmates against their will. And this is just a truly small sampling of the horrific, inhumane experiments, quote-unquote, conducted by the regime against its citizens and the world. Is a psychopath experimenting with his neighbor's cat when he cuts it open to see what's inside? Calling these gross displays and barbarity experiments is a sick joke. It is nothing less than chemical warfare, and it has been waged against us for generations. Countless victims have been afflicted by these poisons deployed against us. Fluoride is perhaps one of the most salient examples I can point to. Despite it being a known neurotoxin, nearly every city in America adds it to their water supply. It is a dangerous developmental neurotoxin, with studies citing it as one of the many reasons for the rise in ADHD, cognitive impairment, and various learning disabilities amongst our population. It contributes to a host of health and mental problems. So why persist in its use? Because the government wants to protect us from cavities? Yeah, I'm sure it has nothing to do with fluoride's well-known deleterious effect on IQ. Pictured as a MK Ultra victim receiving electroshock treatments. An additional MK Ultra victim is pictured here undergoing sensory deprivation. An MK Ultra victim is hooked up to a prototype electroshock headset. And then finally, we have figure 2A an unidentified white female subject between the ages of 8 and 10 years old. Subject underwent six months of treatment using heavy doses of LSD, electroshock, and sensory deprivation. 
experiments under codename MKUltra about early 60s. Subject's memory was erased, and her brain is that of a newborn baby. These pictures were courtesy of the National Archives. Perhaps the biggest lie told about MKUltra is that it was purely the work of rogue factions within the intelligence apparatuses. This false narrative is spun by limited hangout historians, a convenient tale to explain away the deep ties between banking, private business, the universities, and War Inc., and their search for the most effective tools to manipulate the masses. This fable could not be further from the truth, as Helm's memo to Director Dulles makes plain. This operation was started by the top two leaders within the nascent Central Intelligence Agency. It included coordination between hundreds of institutions, both public and private sector. MKUltra's experiments were run on university campuses and at private businesses. And the regime had conducted experiments in the same sordid vein for decades prior to MKUltra, and it continues in the decades since the program's secession. It is either extreme ignorance or willful blindness to claim otherwise. Most of MKUltra's documents were destroyed. Of the scant evidence remaining, it is thought by researchers to compromise less than 5% of the total documentation created by these programs. The picture these fragments paint for us is horrifying enough. Throughout the two decades of its existence, MKUltra spawned over 149 different subject projects, such as MKOffen. Over 80 universities, medical clinics, and prisons were involved. At least 185 researchers were in the direct pay of the CIA, as well as 15 foundations and several pharmaceutical companies. The list of known civilian collaborators is as follows. Princeton University Stanford University The University of Delaware Eli Lilly and Company University of Minnesota University of Denver Worcester Foundation for Biomedical Research Emory University University of Illinois Montana State College University of Richmond Georgetown Hospital University of Oklahoma The New Jersey Neuropsychiatric Institute Cornell University The University of Florida The University of Maryland Butler Hospital and Health Center McGill University in Montreal, Canada, University of Kentucky, University of Wisconsin, Johns Hopkins University, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Harvard University, Ohio State University, Queens College, Pennsylvania State University, Children's International Summer Villages, Incorporated, University of Houston, American Psychological Association, University of London and the UK, University of Indiana, University of Helsinki and Finland, Texas Christian University, Columbia University, St. Francis Memorial Hospital, a Veterans Administration, George Washington University, University of Texas, and last but not least, a J.P. Morgan Bank, New York City. New York. Does this laundry list of venerable and esteemed American institutions strike you as the illicit network of a rogue faction of shadowy intel officers run amok? Or does it clearly demonstrate the institutional powers that have aligned behind this mission to control, warp, and shape the human mind? Quote, The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, 
whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. Edward Bernays, the father of modern propaganda. End quote. For nearly 20 years, under the auspices of MKUltra, the American citizenry was unwittingly terrorized and victimized. The successes of the program can be seen in the rotten fruits of its voluminous experiments. MKUltra's more high-profile victims, or successes, depending on your point of view, include the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, and Charles Manson. While at Harvard, and just 16 years old, Ted would be enrolled into what we now know were MKUltra experiments led by Dr. Henry Murray. Dr. Murray was an expert in torture and interrogation techniques, honed during his service in the Office of Strategic Services, the precursor to the CIA. The experience fueled Kaczynski's hatred of technology in modern society, ultimately leading to a decades-long serial bombing spree. Manson's affiliation with the CIA and MKUltra have come under increasing scrutiny in the last few decades, with the declassification and release of previously classified documents. During the time Manson was interned in Vacaville Prison, the CIA conducted MKUltra experiments on its inmates. Manson was serving time in Vacaville Prison for violently sodomizing a young boy. Yet despite this heinous crime, he was paroled in 1967 after spending nearly half his life institutionalized. Manson's parole officer, an alleged Berkeley doctoral student named Roger Smith. Boy, it's hard to think of a name more generic than that. What declassified MKUltra documents reveal, all whilst moonlighting as a parole officer and going to postgraduate school, Smith was conducting LSD experiments on behalf of the CIA. What an industrious fellow. Roger Smith, if that's even his real name, was a government agent, likely in the direct employ and not just on the bankroll of the agency. The nondescript name, diverse career fields, government contracts, the clues point to Agent Smith as Charles Manson's handler. What did the regime see in this charismatic psychopath? A useful tool? A prospective initiate? Although Manson reportedly broke the terms of his parole, he was never remanded into custody. Manson's prosecutor, Vincent Buglioso, compared Charles' programming techniques to that of the U.S. militaries. How did he so effectively manipulate these young women into becoming gruesome, remorseless murderers, if that is in fact what happened? Was Charles Manson merely mimicking the experiments he had undergone in prison? Manson repeatedly said in interviews after his conviction, I'm only what I've been trained to be. The Manson family murders would usher in the end of the counterculture era, a blood-sorked warning of the dangers of free drugs and free love. Were the Manson family murders an experiment gone horribly wrong, or perhaps gone horribly right? In the post-Vietnam War era, our nation has seen a concerted increase in the deployment and usage of psychological warfare as an operational tool. One of the seminal works of this field is Mind War. In this tome, popularized within the civilian realm by William Cooper, we see the fundamental endpoint of MKUltra and the occult will to power. It is not just psychological warfare anymore, but an assault upon an adversary's mind and will. The term Mind War was chosen by its author, then Major Michael Aquino, as an intentionally provocative term designed to convey the aggressive next step in this battle against the human mind. Quote, mind War is the deliberate aggressive convincing of all participants in a war that we will win that war. End quote. Mind War, Psychological Warfare, PSYOPs, whatever term you wish to use is nothing less than spellcraft in its purest form. They are manifestations of the user's will, a direct effort to bend the enemy 
to their desires. This is the essence of witchcraft, and it is the essence of psychological operations practiced by these shadowy spy networks and modern militaries today. Quote, that main effort cannot begin at the company or division level. It must originate at the national level. End quote. As Aquino states clearly, this operation is a national operation. It is not enough that the military or intelligence organizations solely deploy this agitprop in the homeland. We must make it a concerted effort on every level of government. Quote, there are some purely natural conditions under which minds may become more or less receptive to ideas. Mind war should take full advantage of such phenomena as atmospheric electromagnetic activity, air ionization, i.e. HARP, 5G, 6G, and extremely low frequency, i.e. ELF waves. End quote. In cold clinical language, the above quote perfectly describes the most effective tools our enemy has used against us. Ionization of the air has demonstrably proven to impact human emotion. These charged ions, called plasma, can cause depression or alertness. Electromagnetic activity has been demonstrably shown to provoke physical responses in humans, even to the point of inducing states of hypnosis. These powerful tools are being deployed against us every day as we bathe ourselves in these unforeseen electromagnetic forces. Pictured as Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, author of Mind War, disciple of Anton LaVey, and founder of the Temple of Set. Quote, The public cannot comprehend this weapon, and therefore cannot believe that they are being attacked and subdued by a weapon. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars by Unknown End quote. If the idea that these unseen forces or energy waves can manipulate human emotion seems far-fetched, I encourage you to pour through the scientific literature on the subject. The consensus is quite clear. We are more susceptible to these forces than most of us appreciate. If the studies weren't enough, perhaps a perusal of the numerous patents pertaining to mind control will make it clear for you. This isn't an experiment anymore. It's a live-fire exercise. Dr. Hendrikus G. Luce is a particularly fascinating piece of technology that illustrates this process. Dr. Luce has long standing ties to War Inc., working closely with ARPA and DARPA throughout his career. His specialty was plasma manipulation and its effects upon the human body. His 1991 patent describes the process by which the images on our TVs or computer monitors could be pulsed to manipulate the nervous system of the watcher. Another tool at the disposal of these modern wizards is the Silent Subliminal Presentation System, a.k.a. projecting voices slash thoughts into people's heads. The frequency used to transmit these messages is coincidentally on the lower range of the 5G spectrum. As the evolving body of scientific literature makes clear, television has been the premier weapon in this war to destroy the American mind. While the effects that Dr. Luce describe are terrifying enough, even mainstream scientists have confirmed the dangers of this technology. Heavy watching of television is most commonly defined as over three hours a day, a threshold which the average American now meets with over 30 hours of television watched weekly. Repetitive, mindless watching of television has been shown to reduce IQ. Binge-watching has turned brain damage into a modern art form. Within 30 seconds of watching television, you become neurologically less capable of critically thinking. The frontal lobe, the part of the brain most associated with executive function and critical thought, is almost totally inactive while watching television. This is a similar process to hypnosis, effectively putting the subject into a highly suggestible and susceptible state. Effects of even moderate television watching results in reduced critical thinking, less motivation, less creativity, less perseverance, and more conformist thought patterns. In other words, quote, a long-winded way of saying 
that the medium of television brainwashes you. End quote. Now, the effects that this medium has had on our culture is almost impossible to quantify. When the American Empire falls, and our postmortem is written, the advent of this cancerous technology will be foremost amongst the culprits. Quote, Future generations will look back on TV as the lead in the water pipes that slowly drove the Romans mad. Kurt Vonnegut. End quote. To control a human being, enforcing the practitioner's will upon the unwilling masses, that is the dark art these occultists have tried to master for millennia. Amongst the first practitioners of the mystery religion, the Egyptians, we see the genesis for the occult quest for mind control. In many ways, MKUltra and similar projects are simply the modern manifestation of this ancient witchcraft. They have traded spells for electromagnetic energy waves and potions for hallucinogens. The Luciferian quest to control humanity did not stop in the 70s. It has continued ever onward. By my estimation, though it grieves me bitterly to say it, they appear to have largely reached that goal. MKUltra and its successors did not end. They have simply been rebranded. Veterans and military members were useful guinea pigs in the original LSD experiments. The Veterans Administration is renewing that experimentation on service members' minds. This time, with a nicer, more friendly veneer. Yeah, the same government responsible for sending us into pointless meat grinders for two centuries now cares about us. Sure. War Inc.'s experiments into hypnosis, remote viewing, and mind control weren't failures. They were wildly successful, as the CIA's own documents verify. So why the fable about shutting down these rogue and crackpot, quote-unquote, programs? To fool a gullible public into thinking they quit, all while these same forces incorporated their wickedly earned knowledge into the domestic campaign of terror. We have been subverted, manipulated, and engineered into becoming the most submissive and servile class of humans in all of existence. Medieval peons had more freedoms and more dignity than your average big city dweller, and that is sadly not hyperbole. Our numb, listless response to what has been done to our culture, our families, our children, and our lives is not normal. Our current debauched state and our non-existent response to it can only be explained by this inculcated behavior. Our collective spiritual and mentally weakened state has been directly spurred on by these malevolent forces, all in order to turn us into mindless beasts of burden. While these malevolent forces have undoubtedly deployed this technology and methodologies upon us and ever-increasing frequency, we share our portion of the blame. We allowed these gadgets into our lives. We put iPads into our toddlers' hands. We put televisions in every room of the house. We are willing accomplices in this crime. Unwitting, duped, but complicit nonetheless. It is only in a return to orthodoxy, a return to sound biblical tradition, and a return to Christ that we can steel our minds against the fiery darts of the enemy. The alternative? Listen to this prophet of the technocratic hellscape to come for a glimpse into the not-so-distant future. Quote, Somewhere within the United States, the technology for the creation of the perfect slave state is being perfected. Whether or not the mind-controlled state becomes a reality depends not so much upon the efforts of the cryptocrats, but upon the free will, determination, and strength of character of the American people. Walter Bowert from Operation Mind Control, the CIA's plot against America. End quote.
So I want to talk to you today about the future of our species and really the future of life. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Within a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. These will be the main products of the economy, of the 21st century economy. Not textiles and vehicles and weapons, but bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Those who control the data control the future, not just of humanity, but the future of life itself. Because today, data is the most important asset in the world. In ancient times, land was the most important asset. And if too much land became concentrated in too few hands, humanity split into aristocrats and commoners. Then in the modern age, in the last two centuries, machinery replaced land as the most important asset. And if too many of the machines became concentrated in too few hands, humanity split into classes, into capitalists and proletariats. Now data is replacing machinery as the most important asset. And if too much of the data becomes concentrated in too few hands, humanity will split not into classes, it will split into species, into different species. <laughs>